Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. From time to time on the podcast, we will use Bible classes and sermons that were delivered at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, or other locations where I've had the opportunity to speak. And so this particular broadcast is one of those sermons from Somerdale. We hope that you enjoy it. You know, I love this series, and I love this idea of spending a whole year talking about what it means to really be growing in Christ, to be rooted in faith. We're talking about how God's Spirit works in us, and as we move forward, we'll talk about the fruit of the Spirit, which is really important as we recognize the characteristics we're supposed to have as a Christian. But as we begin our thoughts in this month, we want to focus about what it means to really be planted, and what it really means to grow in Jesus and by the power of the Spirit. As we dig into Scripture and as we read Scripture, it's interesting how so many times we'll read something and we'll study something, and later on in the week something will happen and we'll say, I, I, I realize that I, I just read that, I just, I just saw that, I just heard that. And so it helps us to really go through our week when we remember what we've talked about on Sunday. And I hope that the messages will be plain and simple and applicable to you. I want to start with giving this morning a, a brief um, definition of what the word bloom means. Now, most of us probably, when we hear the word bloom, we probably think about uh, the flora and the fauna in full array and beauty. But technically, that's not the term that is used. When we see the word bloom, it literally means to come to maturity. Our text this morning is going to tell us how we as Christians can come to full maturity in Christ. It doesn't matter when you look at, and on the, the slide you can see there's a, a rose growing in the desert. It doesn't matter what the soil is. In fact, it doesn't matter what water is given or whether it's a green pasture or a dry soil. God can and will use seed to produce fruit wherever and whenever He chooses. Now that's an illustration that we can take with us through this week to bloom where we're planted. You see, we want to gripe and complain about where we are in life. And we want to complain about the lot that we have been given, the, the things that have happened to us early in our life that's brought us to this point. We want to talk about how things don't work out and, and life is just tough and I had a terrible upbringing or I don't have this going on the way I want at work or at school or in my life. And we want to complain about the soil by which we've been planted. We want to complain about whether or not we're getting properly taken care of. Are we getting enough water? Are we getting enough fertilizer, if you will? Whether or not growth can really take place. And so we, we focus on the circumstances. We focus on the circumstances by which our life is going. And we say, this looks like this, and this looks like that. But brothers and sisters, if you've read your Bible you know that there is story after story after story of God using people in their situation, no matter what it is, to His glory. Amen? Think about Joseph for a moment. 
Think about Daniel. Think about David. Think about Rahab the harlot. As you go through the Old Testament and even on into the New Testament, Zacchaeus, Cornelius, they're individuals named after name after name and city after city that you would say, well, there's no hope for those people. But with God, there's always hope. And so what we've got to do is start to learn to grow, to bloom where we have been planted. We like for things to be all squeaky clean. We like to know that we've been planted in really rich soil, but that isn't always the case. Sometimes our faith is weak when we start out, and it takes time to reach full maturity. That is seen in the words here by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. If you will, let's read together, and we're going to focus on a couple of different thoughts here in this first section in verses 35 through 38. Chase read it a moment ago, but let's read it again. It says, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one. What you sow is not made alive until it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be but mere grain, perhaps whether wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases. And to each seed its own body. If you have a highlighter or you have a pen or a marker, you might want to mark this section of Scripture. This is essential in understanding what God is trying to do with us in our life. Paul says the only way, listen church, the only way that a seed can grow is for it to die first. The only way for a seed to be truly planted and come to bloom in full maturity and be of any benefit to itself and others, it has to die first. Death comes before resurrection. You got that? Amen? Amen? Hello? Death has to come before the resurrection. Now, what Jesus teaches. In John chapter 3 is you've got to die. He says born again. Unless you're born again, that means you die before you are born again. Are you with me? Resurrection. Now there's not a soul here that doesn't want to experience a resurrection. We all want to be revived. And somebody said, well, I wish I could be revived this morning, right? I want to breathe new life in this morning. I, I got up this morning in a, in a foul and funky mood, you know. And God can and will use you, and He will revive your spirits. But, Paul says, you're going to have to die first. Before we talk about growing fruit, before we talk about what it means to really be planted at a, as a seed, we got to talk about death, don't we? Now let me tell you something, this water behind me is symbolic of the washing of Jesus' blood over the life of a believer. Romans chapter 6, we are buried with Christ and we are raised up with Christ. Romans 8 will say, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We walk according to the Spirit. We can go to Galatians 5 and talk about the difference between the 
the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Flesh does what flesh wants. The Spirit does what God wants. So Paul says, you're going to have to die. Brother Ray, I just don't know why things are happening. I don't know why I don't have a good perspective on life. I just don't know. Have you truly died to yourself? If you have died to yourself, you're not living for yourself any longer. You're living for the Lord. I want blessings. We all do. I want a bloom. We all do. But you've got to die first. Too many of us want control of our own lives. I want to do what I want to do, and I don't care what anybody else says about it. Living a Christian life is about surrender. Living a life that is fruitful is about dying first. I don't know how many times I've had conversations with people and they've said, you know, I'm just not really even sure that I'm going to go to heaven. I'm not really sure that, you know, I'm going to be able to, to, to have God call my name. I, I, I just... I just don't know. You've got you to be assured of your salvation. Have you died to yourself? Listen to the next few verses. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another kind of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. One star differs from another star in glory. Paul says you've got to learn the difference between you and everything else. We know what DNA is, right? It's that self-replicating material that's in all living organisms. Uh, the chromosomes, the genetic information as it's transmitted throughout the body. I'm not going to get into all the scientific stuff because as you probably know, it's, it's over my head. But what I know is that humans are created differently. You go in and you go for a blood transfusion, they're not going to give you blood from a reptile. They're not going to, when you need a graft, they're not going to go to a fish. Are you with me? Hello? Amen? There's a reason why humans are created differently. For we are created in the image of God. And as we grow in our life, we grow more like our Father, if you're planted. We cannot run from our looks. You can have all the plastic surgery you want. You can get all the stuff done, highlights and the colors, and have surgeries to, to change your image, but your DNA never changes. And you are human, created in the image of God. And why did God create man, Genesis 1 and 2? So that he could take care of the earth, have dominion over the earth and over all the other critters that live here. Superior, supreme, to have dominion, to rule, if you will, in the world. And as you begin to see God's plan play out through the Old Testament and moving into the New Testament, God has always asked people to be called out and wholly sanctified for himself. And it's a, in the Old Testament, a decision that's made by your genealogy, but not in the New Covenant. All can be made into one holy nation. 
as we listen to the words of Paul, he says there's a difference between us and all other flesh. Not only created in the image of God, but we have been redeemed. We have been purchased back by God. And when we are baptized into Christ, we die to the old self. I love that uh, story, and a friend of mine told me, and I had a picture of it at one time, and I've lost it, of this grandmother that decided she wanted to get, she went to Olin Mills. Y'all remember going to Olin Mills? Hello, are y'all with me? Okay, so the, I think it was Olin Mills inside of a J.C. Penney or something, and she decided she wanted to get photos made for the whole family of these two precious twin two-year-old boys. And so she goes and she gets this clothing and she gets them all dolled up and dressed up. And as she's making her way to the car, if you've ever had to wrestle more than one child, you know what I'm talking about. One of them broke free. And as that child broke free, she's trying to get the other one in the car seat. He goes straight to the mud puddle. And she's screaming. She can't get him to stop. And down he goes. And she realizes that maybe if it's just the shoes and this part, of his body, she might be able to wipe. So she goes running, and as she lifts him out of the puddle, there's number two. And he does the Superman pose in it, you know. Bang! And she is so frustrated. Now, this is before camera phones. She finally just gives up, and she just lets him play. And she goes and gets her camera and takes a few pictures, snapshots of these two little boys. Things don't always turn out the way you think it will. She's more famous for that story. People remember that picture in her family than anything she could have taken at Olin Mills. You don't put on dirty clothes if you're supposed to be clean. Clean is not only an inward image, it's also an outward image. I don't want to associate with filth. Now, I know we live in a world full of sin, and we live in a world full of trouble and problems, but if I want to stay clean, I need to be careful where I'm going, what I'm doing, who I'm around. The idea that Paul now says, if you have been raised up in Christ, you are different, you are set apart, you're not the same. Now, that, that, that's hard to digest, but here's something I guarantee we all can understand is that when you went down into that water, anything you ever did is gone. It's gone. Any sin you've ever committed, any mistake you ever made, any thought you ever had is covered by the blood of Jesus. But there's something interesting about the plan of salvation that we often forget, and that is the word repentance. Repentance means to turn away, to turn aside, to turn your back on what you once were. If I am raised to walk in new, new, new life, I have to die to myself. I don't do the same stuff I used to do. I don't get down and wallow in the sin that I used to wallow in. I have decided to give my life to God, and by doing that, I listen to His will and not my own. Keep reading with me. Beginning at verse 40. Paul says... Uh, there are also celestial bodies, terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, one star that differs from another star in glory. Now listen to verse 42. So also, so also, 
is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it's raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, and it's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. That's referring to Jesus. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterwards, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man, the Lord of heaven. As was man of the dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And of the heavenly man, so also those who are heavenly. And as we are born, the image of man of dust, we shall also bury the image of the heavenly man. When you are born again, when you are raised up by the resurrection, you are not who you once were. You are changed. You are transformed in the image of God. So much so that whenever you're at a family reunion and people see you, they say, you must be the son of so-and-so because I can see that you look just like him. I can't tell you how many times in town I am stopped and asked if I have a son named Seth or Luke or Isaac because, bless them, they got my image. Hello? And so people know you by the image you bear. You look like a relative. Right? Jesus. We are to be conformed to the image of of Jesus. When people see us, they ought to see Christ. Everything I do, everything I say, everywhere I go is to honor Him and to give Him glory by not just my physical body, but the spiritual one that's inside of it. And that means that I'm cautious where I go and what I do to reflect Jesus, the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the city on a hill. That's who we're supposed to be. But that can't happen unless we die, and it certainly can't happen unless we're resurrected. Keep reading with me, verse 50. Now I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I say to you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We all shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where's your sting? O oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. I remember the text right before this. What once was is no longer. It was sown in this and it was reaped in this. And now he shows the success 
of the seed and the ultimate benefit of the Christian life. How many times do we pray about blessings? How many times do we pray and ask God for things that we want, things that we think we need? We'll praise Him for the money in the account, or we'll cry about what's not there. Praise about our house, or if we don't have one, we cry about that. We constantly go to God asking for things. And we know that we have those wants and those needs, and we're being honest with God. We're, we're pouring out our thoughts and, and our ambitions to Him. But really, our life is not about things. There's not a single thing that you possess that you can call your own that you will take with you. You'll spend your whole life collecting things, and they'll all be dust. So Paul says, if you want to be successful in blooming where you're planted, you have to see that the only thing of any value is what is inside of you. I often tell teenagers to close their eyes and take a look at their soul. It's kind of awkward. I'll sit there and close their eyes. I can't see anything. Well, can you hear something, you know? Because when you close your eyes and you look inside yourself, that's the only thing that's going to heaven. So you nourish it. You water it. You feed it. You take and you spend time around spiritual people and in worship, and you read the Word of God, and it takes root in your life. If we really want to be raised up, if we really want to go through this resurrection revival experience, we've got to die. And the thing about a living sacrifice, Romans 12, 1 and 2, is it's not a one-time thing. Repentance means that I stay away from it. That means every day I make a choice. I don't want to do this because I want to have eternal life. And man, I'll tell you what. That last part of this text is powerful. That there is... Victory. Victory. Going back to what James was talking about. Jimmy V. Victory. Success. God is not going to judge your life on the base of the things that you possess. Oh, I can see you are very successful in life, so therefore, come on in. God doesn't just on our physicality judge us. He judges us on our spirit. What kind of a spirit do you possess? Are you one who feeds and nourishes your spirit to produce fruit like these things? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If I were to ask someone who's a relative of yours, or a friend of yours, or a coworker, or a boss, or an employee if you own your business, can you sum up in this person's character five things? Would they say bossy, hateful, nosy, gossip? Would they say that, or would they say this person? is these characteristics. This is the difference between people of the world and the children of God. Die to self. Raised in the Spirit to walk again anew. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest 
a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.